Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner on this Victory Monday. How are you doing today, Cody? Oh, James, it's a Victory Monday. We had a nice Sunday night football primetime game. Uh, Offense showed up early often. It was kind of exciting, kind of stressful. I shouldn't say early and often. We'll get to that. Um, but it was a good game. Uh, I was happy with the win. I'm doing great. We get to celebrate a victory today. Uh, day off of work. James, how are you doing today? All right, man. Doing all right. Went back to work myself today. So back to that grind. Uh, speaking of work type activities, uh, look for our activity in pro sports fans to really increase here. We're going to, uh, do a midweek show for everybody. So you'll have our normal shows available uh, however you're listening to or viewing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to do a midweek show on Wednesdays uh, as soon as our schedules uh, appropriately align. Uh, then we're going to get that going as well. And then we're going to do some game coverage too. Cody, which games are we going to be on that they can watch us on pro sports fans? Bro, so you always – I do the same thing. The F's in there, I want to say football somewhere. Uh, pro so sports badly. fans, again, the app that we got invited to join as host for the Pittsburgh Steelers – um, not directly affiliated with them, but as a team. Uh, reminder, this app is for app, Apple and Android devices, but we will be covering both the Arizona Cardinals game at the, towards the end of the year and the Seattle game, which I think is week like 17. Uh, we will be doing live coverage of these games. Same thing with the Wednesday night uh, show. will be a live show. You guys can join in on the app. Uh, it will be at 7 p.m. starting hopefully next week. I don't know if we'll get a show in this week or not, um, and then on top of that, you guys can comment, you guys can, you know, be in direct discussion with us there. Maybe if you guys have something to say, you can say it there. We'll share it with our podcast on Friday or Saturday morning. Um, th- there's a lot of interactive things that can happen on that app. And we're very, very excited and very thrilled, uh, to be doing this and to be doing that with them. So again, that live coverage, uh, will, will not be like a play-by-play coverage of those two games. It will be more of like a discussing what's going on. How do these guys look? We're going to kind of just be conversing as as we all watch the game um yeah the, like a big facebook live interactive chat room yes yeah. that's, that's what, what the goal is basically yeah don't expect james to be he's running to the 50 the 40 the 30 uh if you want to fight the urge buddy i'm gonna fight it but. Uh, you can request that maybe we can do that for you if you ask nicely but uh no it's very exciting again download that app the link will be below for apple products um specifically on either wherever you're listening to this in the description of this there will be the link for that uh app in the description so yeah super excited for that james that's kind of steelers by the lake news before we get into the steelers game here again pittsburgh steelers one and one at the las vegas raiders uh also one and one and uh it was a good game it was a good game man yeah. yeah previous to the game uh, we did see running back Kadri Olison elevated from the practice squad to the 53-man roster for the game. That was just an elevation. That was not a promotion to the 53-man squad. So he reverts right back down to the practice squad after the game. Also, inactives, Cody. You want to cover who the inactives were on this week's game? Yep, inactives. Mason Rudolph, we expect that. The running back, Godwin uh, the tackle Dylan Cook, yeah. wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick, Gunnar Rolszewski, and the nose tackle Braden Fajoko. Uh, all those guys were inactive for this game. Uh, Only surprise there to me was Braden Fajoko. Agreed. I wanted to see that big nose tackle in there, you know. And Agreed. I thought maybe Des might get the hat with Gunnar being out, but 
they're Not both the they're both gone <laughs> <laughs> no hats for either one of you no no so that was that was the way we did it um but yeah let's talk about this game starting off first quarter i was i mean we're gonna go over player by player but i was frustrated with the two uh three and outs to start the game very frustrating when you get an opportunity yeah. like that yeah especially the first drive was frustrating to me because they came out with a five-yard run and i was like all right on first down that's great Second down was a four-yard run. I was like, okay, not bad. Third and one. I like third and one. Let's see what they can do. And then it was like the handoff to Connor Hayward that got stuffed in the backfield. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? That was not the call I would have gone with in that situation no. at all. I almost felt uh, like they were trying to force the run too much this game early yeah. on. Like you still got to let the, you know, you can pass the ball at the beginning. I understand you want to set a tone, set a tempo with the running game. That's how Pittsburgh's always been. But you're allowed to pass the ball. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. And you got to understand your personnel too. Um, if you're in like a base offense, Pat Fryermuth is not the best run blocker in the world. So if you know you're going to do something smash mouth up the middle, maybe Darnell Washington's the more appropriate guy in that situation. Uh, later on in the game, I, I felt very frustrated by similar type things where they had Connor Hayward in line and Pat Fryermuth in line. And then you're trying to play smash mouth with guys that aren't really smash mouth blockers. Uh, so uh, I felt like some of the personnel groupings were inappropriate for some of the play calls. Yeah. Um, so Kenny, let, let's start this off like we normally do. Kenny Pickett. Um, before we even get into this, I want to talk about a stat that was just shared um, on Twitter by Adam Steele, uh, talking about the AFC North passing leaders uh, through three games. Kenny Pickett has 689 yards passing, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Deshaun Watson has 678 passing yards with four touchdowns, two interceptions. Lamar Jackson, 608 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Joe Burrow, only 304 yards with two touchdowns and one interception. And only one of those guys has played two of the top five defenses in the NFL, and that's mm -hmm. Kenny Pickett. And Burrow only played two games, so it's a little skewed on him, but he's had an that's awful fair. start to the season. That is yeah. fair. A real bad start to the season for Burrow, and now he's got that calf injury, and who knows how much time he's going to miss. But I feel like we need to come away from this game cautiously optimistic about Kenny. Agreed. I feel like it was definitely an improvement, right? Uh, that that slant pass that he hit <laughs> Calvin Austin, uh, I guess it was more of a, uh, what would you call that? More of a go pattern almost down the middle. Yeah. Um, a post. It would be more post. of a post yeah, yeah. pattern. Yeah, you're running to the post more because it's a little bit of a slant, but not a true slant, a deep slant. Uh, so he hit him perfectly in stride from what Kenny says. It was a single high safety, and they doubled George Pickens on the opposite side, so he knew he was going to have Calvin Austin in basically the middle of the field to work with. But he put it right on the money and then let Calvin do his thing, which is just outrun everyone. Yep. Uh, so the recognition of where the people were at on the play, the ability to hit them perfectly in stride, I thought all that was fantastic. I like how Pittsburgh has the potential to actually do big plays now. It was where last year big plays didn't happen. Nope. I think the biggest play on the season was a pass to Connor Hayward for like 34 yards or something stupid like that. Just they didn't get big plays last year. Now we're seeing it. We already have a big one to George Pickens over the middle in a previous game. This time we have Calvin Austin over the middle on a big deep play. Um, 
the production is going in the right direction. There were still a couple of times where he threw a ball and I was like, <gasps> like just gasping where the yeah. one that was almost picked off that he tried to hit Connor Hayward Mis- on the that right. Was he drastic Connor miscommunication. Was yep. And, yeah. He thought Connor was going to stop. Connor kept on going down the field. Uh, so real miscommunication. I don't know if that was something where they were both supposed to read the defense or if Connor just ran the wrong route or, or what. Yeah. But got to get that kind of thing buttoned up because that could have easily been a pick six on that play. Um, but you have to feel like there was some definite improvement. Um, Kenny's best game as a pro so far. Uh, his first game with two passing touchdowns. Uh, he hasn't done that previously. And his highest quarterback rating in a single game as a professional quarterback also. We'll take uh, that. So these are all things that we should be happy about, right? Two touchdowns to, to the zero interceptions. Again, we talked about the one that, that could have been. Uh, but let's celebrate what we've got on this, which is the best performance that Kenny's put forward yet. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely optimistic about that. Uh, and the next opponent being the Houston Texans. Um you got to think that maybe hopefully he can continue to build on this, but very optimistic about what we saw from Kenny in this game, uh, looking a little bit more like we saw in the preseason from him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see Kenny Pickett have a good game. And and the fact that he threw no interceptions, I realized he had that one that should have been a pick six, but I'm happy that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, drastic improvement from Kenny. His pocket presence, in my opinion, was better. Uh, and quite frankly scrambling and making plays was better. Even on the one play where he scrambled out to the left and Max Crosby had wrapped around the entire defensive line to get an attack. Um, even his awareness of that and his ability to throw the ball away was fantastic. Now let's talk about this real quick because I think it's important to talk about. Kenny was getting roughed all all game long and no calls were being called. I mean, Max, yeah. Cro- Max Crosby hit him twice in the head uh, and just no flags. And then you want to talk later on about the Minka flag that was drastically yeah, didn't not even there. have any helmet contact yeah i mean there was I'll, i won't say there was none there was slight but it was not forcible which is the like no. which is the, it, all the immediate impact yeah. came to the shoulder all of it yep um and they just happened to bump helmets towards the end very lightly um it looked bad because minka had a full running start 100 minka minka properly tackled and he kept his head up just like you're supposed to and all the collision was body to body with a hair of helmet hit at the very end of it. Uh, but yeah, nothing forcible, nothing substantial. Uh, the referee that worked for the pod, the broadcast unit literally said that he would never have called that. Yep. Uh, so you got to feel a little bit better about that. Uh, hopefully people don't continue to try to paint Minka as a dirty player. Cause that was Two a weeks very in a clean row. hit. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. Very clean hit. That. And I do not expect him to get a, a fine for that hit because it was, 100% clean. Yep. Uh, so you want to know what who, you, you, what should happen is the referees should start getting fines or the NFL should step in in those moments and say, hey, this wasn't a penalty. I mean, the same thing happened. The Baltimore Ravens should have won their game against the Colts, but they didn't. They had a pass interference penalty. I don't know if you saw that, James, or not. That didn't get I called. I saw it. I didn't think it was anywhere near as atrocious as people were painting it to be. He turned his body more than – I mean, it was – in that situation, I think it should have been called. But either way, uh, the, I think the refs need to either be held more accountable or they need to give them more help from the box or from you know, their national office where they can see the replays and stuff. They, there needs to be something in place to get the right call on the field, I think. Um, but moving forward. I, but- I, I want to say just real quick on that Baltimore thing. Mm-hmm. They got the reputation over the last few years of on those fourth down plays and third and long plays and stuff of banking on getting pass interference penalties. 
and throwing it in situations, trying to force referees to throw that flag. And I think the referees know that now. That's fair. I, they, I will have to go know watch that it. They're just trying to get a flag. I'll need to go watch it again. I know that the angle that I saw looked like very, very obvious pass interference, but I could be wrong. There was um, definitely contact there, no doubt about it. But it's kind of like when an NBA player drives to the hoop with a couple seconds left, they don't call a penalty in that situation. So you have to understand that they're going to let you play on fourth down. They're not going to throw the flag. They don't throw flags on Hail Marys. Everybody interferes on a Hail Mary. True. Like, there's a ridiculous amount of interference. On those crucial plays, you have to put yourself in a situation where you can win. And with the best running back, running quarterback in the league, to just be sitting back there trying to throw the ball when he's not that great at it. I thought that was just a misappropriation of talent, personally. No, that's fair. Um Let's move to the running game because we kind of had one this game. Kind of. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. There were, mo- there were brief moments of it. Uh, Najee got the call 19 times. 19 carries for 65 yards. Not a fantastic average for him. 3.42. But you know what I was happy to see? He was hitting the hole hard towards the end of the game. Um, he ran tough. Yeah, he, he ran he tough, did. man. There were times where he was hit behind the line of scrimmage and still managed to get a positive yard or back to the line of scrimmage. And... um. I was just excited. And there was one time I remember seeing like, I think it might've been first and 10 or second and long. And it was the first time all game that I saw Najee just say, I'm going and he hit a hole and you heard the contact. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, finally, like Najee's just going for it. Like this offensive line, unfortunately can't make holes big enough for him to get through. He's a big boy. Jalen Warren can get to those holes because they make a little bit of space and he can squeak through. Najee's just finally saying, Hey, you got this gap for me. I'm going to hit it as hard as I can and see how much yards I can get. Yeah. See how much bigger you can make it, man. Just plow into it. Sometimes that's what you got to do. It's a little bit too much dancing for such a big guy. I think, Uh, but I think it was a step in the right direction. Uh, There were a lot of successful runs, a lot of, like you said, fighting for the extra yardage. Uh, I wanted to see 85 plus yards in in that game as one of my keys to success. They went over a hundred, almost to 110 total rushing yards. So um, want to see more long runs, more 10 plus yard runs, more 15 plus yard I runs. We had two I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see that average get closer to four yards of carry, uh, seeing a 3.4 out of Najee and a 3.6 out of Jalen. Neither one of them really a game breaker at this stage. So we need to see somebody bust off a run to make, team's a little bit more nervous about a running game it's a big step in the right direction in my book i'm happy about that don't get me wrong i want to see the productivity a little bit higher now great to see that yardage total go up be able to convert on some third downs and get some some chain moving action going on uh and yeah like you said earlier i thought kenny with his legs showed it a little bit again today he's he's got great ability to scramble he has not really been doing so because he's trying to extend the pocket and still make the pass downfield. Uh, I don't want him to be scared to just take off and go go take those seven to ten yard plays. Yep. Uh, I think that's important that he does that because that's going to draw the next time he goes off to extend the play, it's going to draw a defender up, which is going to open up a receiver downfield. So yep. I think it's important that he does that at least a couple times a game. Just make sure you're being smart, Kenny. Don't take the hits. That's that's my big thing, and, and he's done a good job of that when he is scrambling, in my opinion. Yeah, let's see those fake slides. 
I'm ready for it. <laughs> no, it's a 15-year penalty. <laughs> is it really now? Yes, it is. It's I not legal. I didn't know if they did that in the NFL not or yet, but I know they did it. In no, the, yeah, in they did it a long time ago. <laughs> Fair. Um, moving on, talking about the receivers, George Pickens had a good game. Uh, not many crazy big catches, but he had a couple catches and some yards after catch. Uh, four receptions for 75 yards. Couple drops early on where he just got beat by the defender. The defenders made great plays. Like it's kind of things that we've gotten used to seeing him make those catches. Um, so that was a little not off putting, but not used to seeing that. I think George is not yet in full season rhythm. Yeah, and I felt like the ones where he didn't complete the catch was more of a great play by the ball. Like yeah. he'd get both hands on it and then punch it out. Uh, so I, I wouldn't call that a drop as much as I would call it just a defender making a great play on it. Uh, Cause I would, I would call a drop more where the defender didn't get his hands on the ball and he just didn't complete the catch. Um, what I loved about George in this game is that he didn't have any like five or seven yard catches. Everything seemed to be 15 to 20 yards, which is what uh, it should and I be. thought that was fantastic. You know, he's catching it and getting lots of yak opportunity. Uh, and I thought he looked great in the game. So very happy with what we're getting out of George. Seems like it's a little bit more every week now. Keep this production going, and next thing you know, people are going to be talking about how uh, you can't keep him out of the Pro Bowl. So uh, I like the direction we're getting from George. And, man, what a play from Calvin Austin. Uh, all along when Deontay got hurt, I was like, I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise. It's going to open up the potential big playability of this offense. There it is. You know, we got the huge play from Calvin Austin in this game. Ironically, he had a second catch, which was a screen pass that got absolutely blown up by Divine Diablo. Yep. Uh, but awesome play by Calvin Austin the third. Uh, no jet sweeps in this game. I don't know if you noticed that. They didn't hand it off for a jet sweep once. I, I did notice that, but I also noticed that on those jet sweep plays where there was somebody in motion, all that did was bring people up towards the line and make it harder for the handoff to Najee. Najee got blown up yeah. by like two or three guys behind the line of scrimmage after you had a, a motion in the opposite direction because all that does, it doesn't confuse it any, anybody. It doesn't scare anybody because it hasn't worked. Nobody yeah. is afraid yeah, you gotta of that. Get it. Needs to be successful a few times for it to be effective. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I think they have to do it early. I think it needs to be like on the first drive, like the first play or something where nobody's just ready for that to happen yet. Yeah. Because as the game goes on, I feel like they're acutely aware to it and then it just isn't effective. But I yep. think if you hit them early, you might be able to spread them out a little bit more on that. Nice game from Pat Fryermuth. Huh? They finally got him involved. Like absolutely no targets in the and first I, half. Finally start using them in the second half. And what do you know? Every time it was 10 plus yards and a first down or a touchdown. Yep. Just like he always does. Cause Pat's so freaking awesome. And on his one touchdown catch, I, at the beginning of that game, cause I was also, I was watching the game and also being involved with the other guys, the other hosts who were hosting on uh pro sports fans. And I was talking with them and being a part of that live conversation. And I even said, I feel like it's time this drive at needs to end with a Pat Frymey touchdown and boom, it did. Uh, so that was exciting to call that and, and see that happen. And it was a good play by the entire offense in that. I mean, the blocking was fairly good on that play. Kenny Pickett stood in that pocket, made a great pass, and Pat Frymuth had no competition on that in the end zone. So that was fantastic. Um, Allen Robinson got involved the most. I think he's been involved all year so far for, with yep. four receptions, 24 mm -hmm. yards. That happens when you're going to sit Des and Gunner and no Deontay Johnson there. So you're going to have somebody else get involved there. 
Uh, Jalen, very dependable hands, man. Very, I love that about him. Very, very dependable, and he fights for every yard, uh, just what you were hoping for when you signed him. You didn't think he was going to be your big play guy. You needed a guy that can play over the middle and get you some yardage. Yeah, Jalen Warren, the, the only other guy on the team who had a catch uh, in the game, and it was three catches for 23 yards. Um, Got to figure out how to better utilize him if you're going to use him in the run game because I was very disappointed again. Uh, or excuse me, I'm talking about Connor Hayward. No, Jalen Warren. Um, nice to see him. Oh, he had that impressive. Well, let's talk about him. He had an impressive pickup on the Calvin Austin touchdown too. I was going to go there. Yeah, he he absolutely stoned that blitzing linebacker up the middle, which was so important on that play to buy Kenny time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he doesn't always get that. When he does, though, man, it's impressive. He really thumps some people on that blitz pickup. So, yeah, I thought he had an excellent pickup on that play for sure. Offensive line, uh, I felt like that was a, a rough game for Chooks. I think that there were a couple of plays that he just got outbeat. Well, and here's there was the one play that got the sack. Um, Pat Frymouth did a good job of jamming Crosby coming up. And then I felt like he. Chooks almost stayed back too much. You have yeah. to engage at that point because you basically just allowed him so much space to create a move or to, to get you off your spot. If you're going to go do that and you're going to jab somebody with a tight end or a, a, you know, a running back or anything off, off the start of the play, you have to attack them. You can't give them the time to see the play develop in the backfield and then make a move and make you think, because you don't know where the quarterback's going. He didn't know the quarterback was scrambling right. If you're up in his face, you can kind of defend that more and give – can he pick it more time to get out or get out of the way or switch where he wants to scramble to, whatever. I felt like that play would have worked really well had Chuksakor for went up and attacked Max Crosby rather than give him all the space to work. Yeah, I felt like Chooks did struggle a few times with Max's speed ability in this mm-hmm. game. Um, I feel like Chooks played a little bit better in the first two games than he did in this one for some reason. Uh, I'm I'm a little worried about the future of the offensive tackle position. I felt a lot better about it at the beginning of this season than I do now. I'm really hoping to see Broderick Jones get inserted after the bye week, which is coming up very soon here. Yep. Uh, so hopefully we get to see him. I feel like just what we're seeing out of Dan Moore isn't good enough and everyone knows it. And they're trying to say all the right things to support Dan Moore but I don't think that switching Dan Moore over to the right side is going to make him any better than Chooks. Nope. At this point, you just kind of, it, it's time to let him in. Uh, like, as we've been saying, let's let the rookies help out. Uh, we, we're going to talk about it on the defensive side, how the rookies were able to help out. Uh, but I feel like we shouldn't be scared to let him help on the, that, that uh, offensive side of the football as well. Um, Mason Cole got kind of bullied a few times in this game too. Made me, made me really, Think about how I was talking last season so much about wanting the Steelers to draft John Michael Schmitz and get a new center. Um, made me start feeling those emotions again about wanting a, a, a little bit more of a, a bully at center instead of somebody that's just kind of a decent center. But, you know, we need somebody that can protect that middle without getting pancaked. And in, in a few times, it really negatively impacted Najee and Jalen's ability to ball because he's getting pushed backwards or knocked on his butt. And if somebody wins right over top of center, boy, does that screw up your interior run game. Yep. Yeah, it kind of ruins it completely. Um, and just you talked about that bye week. Again, Two only two games left before the bye week, Houston Texans and Baltimore Ravens at home. Um, 
So just those two games before the bye week. Defensive side of the ball, James, uh, I, I thought it was a great game from a bunch of different players. It's a bunch of different guys. Cole mm-hmm. Holcomb got involved um, with a tackle for loss. Cole Holcomb got involved. I thought he got involved in pass coverage. I might be wrong. Quan Alexander making some plays. Minka's always making plays. Um, you had both Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace have interceptions. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But an overall great game by the defense. And I think even more than anything, the pass rush, dude. Again, we should have had five sacks in the game. We only wound up with four. Um, but let's, I don't know how you want to break this down. Do you want to go normal, like defensive front, linebackers? Yeah. Secondary? Yeah, let's okay. do that. Let's just start on the defensive line first. And I felt like the best defensive lineman in this game was Keanu Benton. Um, oh, yeah. Nice to see him get involved almost right away when he got in the game sack he almost had a second one but he got held really badly on the play yep uh just looks like a a really disruptive force you know a lot of people trying to compare him to a hybrid between javon hargrave and and stefan to it and i feel like he's so thick in his upper body he's so well built and strong that i can't compare him to hargrave because hargrave never really seemed to be that hargrave was really really thickly built in his lower half Two, it was kind of evenly built all around, but I feel like this dude is just more powerful than we ever saw from two it too. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited about them more integrating him into this defensive unit. And let's start to get him into like 60%, 70% of the snaps and let's let him play a lot. Cause he's disruptive, man. I, th- I think right now with Cam Hayward out, he's the best pass rushing defensive lineman, not including outside linebackers. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just so disruptive, man. I, I loved what I saw from him in this game. Um, yeah, go ahead. no, I no, I agree. Uh, I think we didn't see enough of Keanu Benton, but again, I, I said the same thing in this broadcast when I, when I was talking with the guys on that live stream. Um, I said the same thing about Keanu Benton as I did. Uh, they were talking about how they wanted to see. Um, Broderick Jones come in and I was like you know what from a rookie standpoint this is a very good thing just like you're saying he's going to come in after the bye he gets a chance to watch Dan Moore Jr. make mistakes that he can learn from during games and actively in games that he may not be able to experience otherwise so he gets to learn from these mistakes without actually making them the benefit of that is he's learning and his his confidence and his self-esteem is not being taken down by making these mistakes I firmly believe that he will come in after the bye week. Um, but I, I, again, I agree with their decision not to do that yet because he's still active. He is actively learning in this games. So if he's any, you know, learner of the sport or trying to learn or trying to understand, there are things that happen every single game that he is still learning from. So I think the same yeah. thing with Keanu Benton. I would love to see him play more, but I think there's a benefit at this point to him still not being the quote unquote starter. I felt like an improved game from Montrevious Adams. There was one absolutely had incredible penetration, got straight to the backfield. He just tackled the wrong, wrong guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hit the wrong guy. But otherwise, nice penetration from him on that. I feel like trying to turn it up as much as he can. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to him being the number two defensive tackle just because imagine that energy, but with less frequency of snaps, he's going to, I feel, be able to to bring even more heat when he's not used quite as much. Um, DeMarvin Leal, I thought, had a good stout game against the run. Great game. I felt like he was really holding his own against 
run in this game. Uh, and he didn't like fill the stat sheet up. He only had two tackles. Yep. Uh, but I did feel like he wasn't wasn't getting pushed around and really looked the part in this game, which is important. No, he's he's the reason all these other guys had more tackles. Mark, I mean, Mark Robinson had his tackles on special teams. Excuse me, like Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb. Uh, a couple of these guys that came up and got tackles, they were able to get their tackle because DeMarvin Leal's blocker didn't win his battle and then get to the second level. So sometimes you're going to have a good game and it's not going to fill the stat sheet. And that's kind of just what, yeah. we, what we saw with DeMarvin Leal. Um, so again, the defensive front in general, outside linebackers, you had Marcus Golden get a sack. You had TJ Watt get two. Um, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal play from that outside linebacker position. It didn't feel like it was a great game from Alex Highsmith, but I almost felt like he was silently um, just just making play, like not not being the weak link. Yeah, I think he had some pressures in the game, um, and that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet not even because close. pressures are so, uh, such a, a subjective statistic. Yep. Uh, to give you an example, when you talk about from week two, a lot of controversy was made about how – how Miles Garrett had such an incredibly high score from pro football focus, yep. but all he had was one tackle and one assist in the game with no sacks, no forced fumbles, no fumble recoveries, no tackles for loss, no interceptions, no tip passes. I could go on and on because he didn't have much in the game. But what they said was that he won 40% of his pass rush snaps. Now, giving this a, a different example, a different website had him winning 26% of the snaps. They also had Jadavion Clowney 26% win rate that same week. Pro Football Focus had Jadavion Clowney at a 4%. So that just shows you how subjective this stuff is to the individual person and the individual organization, and sometimes a little bit on how much you want somebody to be successful. Yep. You might judge somebody on a specific play and say, oh, yeah, he won that, when other people would look at it and say, no, no, he really didn't. And you just, because of your previous disposition, your previous opinion of that person, you might grade him higher uh, than otherwise. And I think there's a little bit of that going on with Miles, although he did have a really good game this week. But um, got to give TJ credit, two sacks again. He's leading the NFL now with six sacks. Uh, on on told, pace for 35, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I've been told that he's the first person in NFL history to have six sacks in the first, the first three, three games, games total. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so... TJ breaking records once again. Uh, once again, he won't be the one that gets talked about this week. Nope. Uh, but It'll be Miles very, Garrett. Yeah, very quietly too. Marcus Golden having himself a nice season. I think that's his second sack on the year already in, in two games with just limited usage as a, a backup outside linebacker. Uh, starting to look like an absolute steal on that veteran minimum where he's only making $1.3 or something crazy low like that. Yeah. Uh, so happy to see that. Uh, at the middle linebacker position, I want to say I liked what I saw from Cole Holcomb. Quan Alexander was pretty well involved, but there was one play where he just threw a shoulder into Josh Jacobs as if that was going to do something. Yep. And Josh just kept right on going. And that was the, third, was very that was the third quarter. No, fourth quarter. That was late. Yeah, yeah um, it might have been in the fourth quarter. It was It was a time where you really needed the sure you were getting every tackle and they were getting as few yards as humanly possible per play. Um, and I just thought that that was kind of sloppy on his part. I know that he's a big hitter, but Josh Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the NFL. You can't just throw a shoulder at him. Yeah, and um, wh while we're talking middle linebackers, let's talk about it. Mark Robinson, great special teams coverage. Where I was going, yeah. Yes. Two, two 
two punt coverage plays in a row. Yep. And punt coverage is a lot more about being agile, agile and being able to change direction. Uh, and he made the tackle. And they actually gave him a couple snaps on defense after that. Yep. Uh, Why the so, heck not? Yeah. And he actually got involved in a tackle on defense as well. So I'm a little confused why it says two tackles on the stat sheet here because I had him down for three, but uh, yeah, that's all right. You know, uh, nice to see him earning a little bit of playing time because I feel like at this stage, Elandon Roberts is starting to get phased out a little bit. And if you're not going to give Elandon Roberts much for snaps, um, why not work Mark Robinson into that a little bit? Because yep. they're very similar players in style. Let's let the young guy go and see if he can do it. I bet he's more athletic. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. While we're talking about it, while we're transitioning over to the secondary, I want to say that I I believe all three of the interceptions that our secondary had were benefits of QB pressure. Were benefits oh, of absolutely every single one. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be confused here when we talk about the cornerbacks and say Levi Wallace had two interceptions, you know, put the game away at the end. He also was the reason the game was even a game to begin with. Um, he, couldn't, yes, he, was. he couldn't cover <laughs> anybody uh, with yeah. anything. And I, I was talking about the stuff on here and um, one of the guys in the group chat had said, you know, Levi Wallace is a lot better against slower players. I was like, so was my grandma. Like, you got to be able to yes. cover the fast guys. You have to be able to cover who you're mm-hmm. manned up against. And a, a lot of the game they had him following Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams put up numbers. I mean, he had 13 receptions yeah. for 172 yards and two touchdowns. I would argue probably 12 or 13 of those receptions came against Levi Wallace. Same thing with Jacoby Myers. Half of At least half of his seven for 85 came against Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace was an absolute... Uh, liability in coverage this entire game. His two interceptions, I don't want to say make up for it, but I'm happy he was at the right place at the right time with our defensive front doing their job. <laughs> yeah. I would say I would give him way more interception than the second one. The second one was just a bad decision and almost like a Hail Mary type throw just really thrown out there. Um, and he was in the right place at the right time. The first one, on the other hand, he was coverage versus a tight end. Um, and he just showed superior athleticism to the tight end, which coincidentally you should because you're a 190 pound corner and he's a 255, 260 pound tight end. Uh, so he did a great job on that play, but you have to keep in perspective the fact that he's covering a tight end that he should be drastically more athletic than. So yeah. he jumped the route. He did a great job in coverage on that. I will give him credit. Also, he seems to have tremendous hands. Yeah. If he gets his hands on the ball, he catches it, man. So grateful for that. Um, but athletically, he's really having a tough time with quicker wide receivers, and our division is loaded with. That's a problem. Well, and he's lining up seven yards off the ball, and still getting run by. It's it's horrible. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. Um, Minka had himself a real nice game. Should have gotten credit for a sack in this game. Uh, unfortunately, they called a penalty for a helmet-to-helmet hit that didn't yeah. really happen. And we talked about that uh, earlier. Very, it wasn't there. very minimal contact. But 11 total tackles, pretty impressive. Uh, I got a feeling that he's on pace to lead the team in tackles again, which is not something we want. We want that to be a linebacker. Uh, but Minka showing his abilities all over the field. Had a couple of nice plays, breaking up some passes too. Yeah. Uh, so the, the defense – did their part i will say for this game um the, yes. de- the defense did their part towards the end of the game 
Um, the offense did not. And I, I want to mention this briefly because I'm still on board with the Fire Matt Canada alert thing. <laughs> I, I just, and I don't say that willy nilly. I don't, it's, it's tough because you, who are you bringing in? That's the question. Um, if you don't have anyone else to come in, I understand, don't do it. If Pittsburgh has someone that they think could come in and step up and do it or, or at least have an ability to call plays and make it decent and maybe you want to have them call some plays in practice, whatever. I, you can't in the fourth quarter, uh, when you're leading a game at the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was, let me double check this. Um, it was 23 because Pittsburgh went down 7-0 to zero early often. We scored 23 unanswered through three quarters. It was 23-7 to seven starting the fourth quarter. And we gave up 11 points in the fourth quarter on the defense side of the ball. But your offense only put up 20 yards of offense the entire fourth quarter with three possessions. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't do that. That's not how you win games against tough to put. We're never going to beat Buffalo's having a bad year. We're still never going to beat Buffalo like that. We're never going to beat Kansas City like that. We're not going to beat Baltimore or Cincinnati like that, even though they're having or a rough Miami. season. Or my my oh, Miami <laughs> seventy. Um, you're not going to beat the powerhouses in this division or in this league um, or conference. Anything you're not going to beat anybody. Not being able to put up more. You all you needed was a first down or two to put the game away, and they couldn't do it. Um, yeah, got to got to be more creative in those situations. Um, the one pass play to Allen Robinson, I was very. Very happy to see that executed to get that first down that allowed them to get it to the point where there was only like 15 seconds left when they were punting. Uh, And just to be 100% transparent on that, um, Presley Harvin had himself one heck of a game. He had one bad punt. He had one bad one where it looked like somebody made contact with him and they didn't call it. Yep. Other than that, that punt at the end of the game sealed the game, man. 100%. It was a hell of a punt incredible distance put the return man in an awkward position trying to catch it because he was backpedaling he muffed it he somehow <laughs> recovered the thing which honestly i thought pittsburgh was going to recover that punt uh but presley should be real proud of himself because he had maybe one of his best games as a pro 53.8 yard average punting uh is just impressive for him he's usually in the lower 40s yeah uh, and so- wasn't it last week he had one that went out like at the one yard line Yes, he is having a one last week. Yeah, he yeah, is having really, a phenomenal season so far. Yeah, after after struggling a bit week one, he's really back the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I was trying to find a post. I saw it today online, and and somebody was talking about they gave him a new nickname, and I thought it was I'm pretty sure it was Thickest Kickus, because uh, he's such a thick <laughs> boy. Um, so yeah, Presley Harvin, great game again. Boz for president. Uh, Boz had himself yeah. three for three, two for two, 57 on his longest uh, field goal. Impressive Th- kick. It's a great kick for him. Um, I realize it's indoor. There's no, you know, wind factors or anything like that. I mean, there is, but it's nothing drastically like um, out outdoors. But yeah, Boswell had a great game. Calvin Austin had the two returns, punt returns, nothing crazy there. Um, and then the he kick. did have one that was a really good return mm-hmm. back. Um, yeah. So. I, I do want to kind of give him a little bit of a shout out for that. Cause that was like a 30 yard return. Uh, and of course it was called back. Uh, we had questions going into the game, Cody, about who return, man. Apparently Desmond King is next man up. He just never got a chance to return it because Calvin Austin kicked it out of bounds. Yeah. Well, yeah, that so, too. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, that's a good thing on his part. There were a couple of those that probably could have been caught and it, he did the right thing of just letting that go. Like he's, 
he's a veteran in the league. It's you know now's not the time to go out and do something crazy and cause the team anything like that. So I was I was proud of that in all honesty. Um, James, after the game, Pittsburgh on their way back to Pitts, Pittsburgh Steelers on their way back to Pittsburgh uh, had some flight troubles. They had an an engine malfunction or something go on with pressure yeah, pressure, pressure levels. Oil pressure yep. is what I was hearing. Yeah. Uh, so they did an emergency landing in Kansas City and then had to sit there and wait for six hours for another plane yep. uh, so they could finally finish their leg. They got back into Pittsburgh early this afternoon, my understanding is. Yeah. Uh, so they are finally back in Pittsburgh. Everybody's safe. Uh, there was never any danger in that regard. Just the plane was not safe to risk it all the way to Pittsburgh. So they landed in Kansas City. Yep. So good thing there. Again, we can't thank you guys enough. Uh, we will have, again, uh, another show this Friday or Saturday night. Um, it'll either be Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on both of our schedules. We're working on figuring all that stuff out. Um, and again, next week, hopefully starting those Wednesday night live broadcasts, those live shows on Pro mm-hmm. Sports Fans, that app, again, downloadable across all mobile devices. It is not yet on PC or laptop, but hoping to get there soon. Uh, and be able to engage a little bit more that way. Again, we thank you guys so much for uh, watching, liking, following, whatever you guys do. Be sure to follow and like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Some new TikToks out. They're kind of funny. And YouTube, subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace. Peace.